We are back for episode 61 of Bitches Love Brunch, and this is Courtney. And this is Kiana. Welcome back, guys. How's and at it going? this point, we are deep into the quarantine game. This is the third episode that we've recorded under quarantine. And we record bi-weekly. Exactly. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, it's it's been it's been. How you doing? How you doing doing the team? I am still good. I don't have cabin fever. Um today was a little bit of a lack of motivation for work, but that's also health induced. Um yeah. Nothing like nothing bad, but I am having a uh allergy flare up, surprisingly really? enough, inside of the house. <laughs> really? So, um, and it's like a breakout like on my skin and not like my sinuses and whatnot. Yes. So that's today's news in quarantine for Courtney. Wow. I'm sorry, Court. You know, I feel for the allergies, you know, I'm right there with you. But I do think it's interesting that you said that because I think that a lot of people's allergy reactions have been quite different than what they were when we were outside because there's different allergies for different things. So like dust allergies, right. things of that nature. So your body just may be sensitive to that. So it's reacting differently now. It is. Like, oh, I called the doctor and everything. I did like a video chat with the doctor because it's like, you can see it on my skin. So it's like in the it's, palm of my hands. It's it's a lot going on over here. Cool. Is it, are you itchy? Are you good? Are you, it's are you like itchy, burny a little bit. Because it's like in between my fingers. It's really weird. But it really hasn't been that bad. Um, since my thoughts are with you. You know, I've been having my own little allergy struggles over here. Mm-hmm. So, but we're good. You know, you know how you just be like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that is. So, but other than that, that's, you know, that's this week's news in quarantine. I am looking forward to the weekend. Um, I have a happy hour scheduled for tomorrow with a friend of mine. And yeah. Okay, I like that. I, I plan like on that. I plan on chilling. Other than that, what about you? What's been going on with you? Um, you know, I'm doing pretty okay. I'm okay, just okay this week. I think that, like you, my allergies have been flaring up, but not in the traditional way. I told you that I can't hear out of one ear. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. So went to a virtual doctor's appointment that couldn't really be resolved. Uh, so still trying to work on if I'm actually going to go to a physical doctor's office because I literally I've lost part of my hearing in one year at this point Mm -hmm. um so just trying to decide about that but overall I'm good I'm just trying to stay flexible stay adaptable um during this time just because I think every day I face new and different challenges and I'm just trying to do a better job at embracing these challenges because that's the new normal right now and um so far, I think I've been prevailing, but I also think that my emotions were high this week. Mother Nature came, and she came with the vengeance indoors, and I would, I had no idea where it was coming from. <laughs> no idea. So, other than that, though, girl, I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. I can't. I can't complain about that. Okay. Well, we're normally supposed to jump in with passing the mimosa. 
But we had to do a quick check in, and I'm drinking water anyway. <laughs> so I drink this. I got my water can sitting right next next mm-hmm. to me. That's oh, well. what we're on this week, especially during quarantine. I mean, let's not front. Like we be drinking, we attend happy hour. That's um, why I'm drinking so much water because I know what the weekend holds. Exactly, but we got to keep the fluids up during this quarantine time. Okay, keep your immune you system together. together. And treat yourself well. I'm with it. Um, you had anything else going on? I'm trying to think. Not too much. Oh my god, my foster dog is gone. Oh, bye, Rascal. Rocky, Rascal. Rascal. Dog. You called him Papa. I called him Dog or or Papa. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He actually, we had so much fun together and... I actually struggle with that a little bit, but he needed a home that um, needed a yard because he was like a medium to large size size dog. And because he was a foster and because we're social distancing, dogs now are not allowed to be off of their leashes, even Mm -hmm. at dog parks, even if they're the only dogs at the dog park. So it was really hard for him to get the physical activity that he needed. And we were walking about four or five times a day, which I liked for my activity level but um it still just wasn't enough for him because he just has so much built up energy and um they can't fix the dogs at the moment because like like there's no not surgery so we found him a beautiful home with the yard so hopefully he's happy and running free but yeah my babe's gone i do miss him yeah it was probably nice to have a little company it was he was cute little cuddle buddy like someone that was in the space with you but not actually having to deal with another human during this time which i'm finding that some people wish they had the option of just a silent partner that's what i'm saying like it was probably (laughs) nice to have like a being around but it not have to be someone that you actually have to talk to yeah and we did talk well i talked yes um but it, that, you, you're right. It, it was nice because even in those moments, like you can still feel that that living being, that creature's energy, and it's, it's nice to have that, mm-hmm. especially during this time. So, hopefully, I'm not sure if I'll get another foster during this time, but if so, it would have to be a smaller dog based on the environment that I provide. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. I cried. Wow. Okay. I told you, Mother Nature's here. So I was like, am I that attached? Or is the cord, did the team hit me? And then it was like, oh, got mm-hmm. it, mix it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything, but I'm assuming you have an affirmation for us this week. I do, I do. I, it's a simple affirmation, but powerful nonetheless and it is today i affirm i am strong confident and fierce period boom point and blank period pool yep <laughs> still waiting for somebody to tell me who poo is but period poo me i don't know winnie winnie yep that's what i was gonna say poo bear <laughs> all right that's what's up nice and simple and straight to the point Let's go to it. Um, so we got some uh, interesting topics for today. Um, for sure. Which one do you want to start with? 
I hadn't even thought mm-hmm. about that, like what we should start with. I think that we should start with maybe we should start off with the one that I brought up and if maybe that can spill into the other if you see the direction I'm going in. I do. Continue okay. on. <laughs> so <laughs> go on. So the, the topic that I wanted to talk about today was actually so the topic that I want to talk about today was continuing or deciding to cut off communication with a partner's parent or family member or ex-partner's parent or family member. Um, one of the reasons or one of the experiences that kind of sparked this was, of course, just keeping in communication with some of the ex-family members that I am in contact with. Mm -hmm. And trying to navigate whether it's appropriate to continue some of those relationships, halt some of those relationships, or decide to do, I mean, whatever. And so I know that it could be um, almost like a a touchy subject, because depending on how long you are with your partner, the relationships you establish with these other people that are connected to them, it can get a little tricky. And I think that you know, as I've gotten older, my perspective on this has changed a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> drastically. Um, and, and I guess I can start off by sharing there. I think that, you know, before I used to view it as, you know, I, if I'm in a relationship with this person, when that relationship ends, my relationship with all of y'all, it has to go out. It mm-hmm. just has to. I need it to move forward. But I think now in this space that I'm in as an adult, and trying to understand the nuances of relationships, I think it would be fun just to talk about just what that experience is and what some of those emotions that could arise when you're trying to make those decisions because I think it can go either way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just thought it was a good topic. I do. I think it's an uh, interesting topic because I think I saw something else in our notes about if you can be friends with, was it your partner's? X. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like it was all going a similar path. But I do th- think that this is specific because it is about family and friends and you do build a relationship. Um, so my thought on it is I think people sometimes have this impression like let me cover this up really quickly. Have this impression that um, it has to be all or nothing when it comes to things like that. And I don't think that it's that simple. And I've always thought that um, because I really think it just depends on the situation. If we have mutual friends, that's one thing. Um, And I feel like depending on the situation, we should be able to maintain those friendships, especially, you know, if they're mutual friends. Um, And I've been, I've been that person before as well. Yeah. Um, as it as it relates to family, like if I think about if you go as deep as um, marriage, I'm kind of like, you know, this this has been your family for some time. So it's like, no, I don't want to necessarily just uproot. But for me, it comes down to um, respect and setting boundaries. And especially <laughs> as you think about the next person that you're going to be with. And making that clear as well and respecting that relationship. And what I mean by I feel like people think it has to be like an all or nothing. 
Um, I don't think people think about having those conversations. Like it's okay to have a conversation about that. Like if we're breaking up and if, especially if we're breaking up in a um, healthy way, um, let's talk about what, how we want to do this, you know, because I'm gonna have to let my family know that like, you're not going to be around anymore (laughs) and vice versa. Um, but like, if I had a really close relationship, let's say my significant other, you know, has a sister and she and I have a close relationship. Um, I feel like we can talk about that, but I think it all depends on what the situation is. If we breaking up because you cheated or I cheated or something like that, let me not say I cheated because I don't do that. But (laughs) if somebody cheated in a relationship, I think that's going to, those types of circumstances, or even if it's an abusive relationship, those types of circumstances are going to make it difficult to main, to even want to maintain a relationship with the other person's family. Um, So that's a little harder to get over, but I absolutely think it's possible. But at the end of the day, I think I would want to do um, whatever that partner and his family wanted to do out of respect for them. Because while I may feel comfortable with it, they may not. Right. And if it's me, I don't want y'all to keep talking uh, talking about this past boyfriend and y'all sitting here comparing the exes, <laughs> like, you know, my new person to the ex, like, right. they don't do it like such and such. Child almost gave a specific name. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Um, so I just, I think it's, I think it's more gray than we let on for it to be. But I do, I absolutely think that it's possible to maintain healthy relationships. I don't think they're ever going to be what they once were um, as much as you try. Uh, but I do think it's possible. I, I think that it's possible too. I, I also do think that... Um, like what you said, what was really important was establishing boundaries. Because like you said, it depends on the situation with your ex. And a lot of times it depends on the status of your relationship with the, with the family too. Because a lot of times during breakups, although we want, we hope that relation breakups can be healthy. We know that breakups happen over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And that can, that can start to include various parties too. And so you just want to be mindful of where you are in relationship to those people during that present time, take into consideration where you were in the past and then what you do, what you need to do to move forward. But ultimately, I think you have to do what's best for you because when you were just talking, it made me think of being Mary Jane. And I remember on an episode of being Mary Jane when she was dating, I forget the guy that she was dating, but it was the light skin guy. Do you watch? Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Mary mm-hmm. Jane? Um, I forget his name, but he was the baseball. He was actually a, he was a retired baseball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. um, yeah, his mom had came back around, and she was just like, "You can't keep doing this. Like, you can't keep coming back around, even though you think that's what's best for your son. What about me? Mm-hmm. You're just like your son. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, breaking my boundaries in terms of what I told him. It was over. So if it's over for him, and it's and it's over for you." And and in her situation, her family was the same way. At least her mom was Mary Jane's mom, where it was just like, oh, I think his name was David. What about um, what about him? Like, you know, he would still because they 
you know, like you grow up with somebody when you're in a relationship, especially for a significant amount of time. Um, And so they had a quite a long term relationship and that her family was so used to him being her person. They're like, you know, and they ran in the same circles, too. So it's like, I can't act like he's not there, but you also don't necessarily have to force him on me either. And that's what I meant about healthy boundaries because... because, No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's true. And it's just like, why why do I have to deal with this person because you have this relationship with them now? You can continue that relationship without forcing me to stay in this current relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what I mean. Like, we have to... People would have to recognize... Um, that it won't be the same because while you all may still be friends, especially if you still run in the same circles. Um, and we have to remember, like, that's that's a dream for a significant other, not a dream. But like, you know, that's the ideal situation is that you build a relationship with my family and I with yours. Right. Like you don't want um, tension if it doesn't have to be there. But um there is a there like that that will still change because while we might be having our annual you know memorial day weekend cookout mm-hmm. uh david may not be able to come anymore <laughs> like or you david can't just automatically be inviting him anymore he's not he's not a part of the guest list and you definitely got to run it by me <laughs> big fat Big, don't don't invite them without telling you. Right. I, don't care. Um, I mean, um, hey, you've done that with me. Like, I just want you to know. <laughs> because it's you can't force people into situations based off of your comfortability. Exactly. It's not, sometimes it's not about you. Exactly. And I think... Um, A lot of times it's not about you. <laughs> most of the time it's not about you, to be, to be quite honest. Right. But... Um, I, I, I think that's interesting because at least myself personally and, and at least, you know, some of my friends that I know have been in relationships with people and who have felt as though, you know, you were almost seen as you had to be forced into this into this amicable relationship with the ex with no consideration to the breakup or the experience that you mm-hmm. had. And so it's just worthwhile to consider all parties. However, always honoring yourself. Mm-hmm. While always honoring yourself. Because you can consider other people and still choose to honor yourself. And that's that was my point about the... It doesn't have to be this black and white, all or nothing. Because it doesn't have to be this immediate, okay, Courtney and David aren't together anymore. Everybody's done. Let's, it's okay to have this open dialogue about it like it's okay for you to come to me and be like look you know me and David got cool over the years or let's say it's one of my homeboys and, and a significant other like you know what I mean like if I were like well you know me and me and David been cool you know is it gonna be any beef like you know what's right. good like and if you real friends you you can have those conversations those conversations shouldn't be that difficult you shouldn't have to feel like you sneaking around and being like, ooh, I don't know what we going to do. Like, who going to invite who to the party? Like, if we invite Courtney, we can't invite David. No. Let's yeah. just have a conversation about it. Since you good. And I might be like, 
Okay, maybe not for the first few months. Give me, give me a little time, <laughs> but eventually but I'll get there. there. But I'm gonna I'm be real. There is some, there is they, there are some exes that I'm happy to share space with, and there are some exes that I just don't. I'm never gonna share space. Absolutely, with. absolutely. absolutely I don't care. We cordial. We we cool, but stay over there. And I mean, by stay over there, don't come to this event. <laughs> exactly. Um, or I'm going to opt out of. Yeah, going to that event. <laughs> ding ding ding. I've sure. also been that person. No, thank you. I'll pass. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very true. Very true. I do want to say that, like I said before, I haven't always been in this point. And I remember there was a certain situation where a guy that I was dating for a while, I actually became very close friends with one of his very close friends. And we're still friends to this day, like literally one of my absolute best friends. And I'm grateful for him and I love him. And I know he knows who it is because he listens to the show. But um, Dang, now I don't know. A, Text me, girl. <laughs> I got you. But we had reached a point that when this not only was it a breakup, but it was like the Guinness Book of World Records of breakups. It took so long for us to actually break up because there's one thing to say, like, hey, the relationship is over, but still continue some type of connection with this person mm-hmm. and to still move forward. And that's what we were doing for a very long time. And so I think at that point, when you do that, you know, oh, that still I got that, it. Continue the person on. that window of opportunity to still explore, continue their life, continue their love life. And at that point, that person had decided to move on and date someone else. And that mutual friend that we had still wanted us all to be friends, including with that person that that person was currently dating. And for me, I I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, even though we had been broken up for a while. <laughs> that that doesn't dismiss the fact that I still had that romantic um, connection with that person. And so for me, I thought the best option and that time was to actually end the friendship with our mutual friend. Yes. And I, yes. And so I attempted to with my greatest might. I was like, you know what? Stay his friend, become her friend, and you can have that with her. Like, let 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 me go. All y'all mm-hmm. just let me go. Mm-hmm. And thankfully for thankfully, and I'm grateful for this. He was like, hell no, nah. we always gonna be friends. We're gonna have to figure out how to work that out. But at that point, I had to decide to um, cut off that mutual connection that I had with an ex. Have the, Have you ever had to reach that point where you were just like, I know that we could possibly keep this bond together and you and I can be friends outside of the ex, but have you ever had to cut off that linkage that directed you to the ex or that connected you to the ex? <laughs> um, there was a time where I thought I would have to. Um. Hmm. But that had less to do with the linkage. So that person that, and to be clear, that person, that link, that is not how I knew the ex. Okay. Right? So it wasn't like we became friends because of the ex. I was actually already friends. Oh, got you. Got you. Okay. So, but there was a time where for me, it was, I won't say that it was a strain on my relationship with those links, but because that friendship was so tight, I knew that I was going to be in those spaces. 
Right. And I didn't want to be in those spaces. Yeah. Um, but that goes back to my Would you point. you cut me off? Wait a minute. Are you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> but if you notice, I said links were plural. But I know I was one of the links. <laughs> links were plural. Um... But like I said, it had nothing to do with the links with the people in particular. It was about me and my space. But again, that's why that goes back to my point earlier about having those conversations. Because Mm -hmm. if if that link were to invite me someplace, I got to a point where I had no problem being like, oh, such and such will be there. No, thank you. I'll pass. That's not the space that I want to be in. So that was the other piece that I was going to bring up, too, was like, it's okay to set those boundaries for yourself, even if your friends do choose to remain friends with an ex. That shouldn't have any bearing on your relationship with that friend. Now, unless that ex absolutely disrespected you, because then at that point, as my friend, I question your friendship. (laughs) I question your character a little bit because it's like, well, if you're okay with them doing these types of things to me, then... I feel a way. I, we got problems. Yeah, conversation. Right. That's so, a whole different conversation. But it's okay to set those boundaries for yourself and to communicate them with people. And you can't expect people to know those boundaries if you don't share them. Because True. then you get to a point, and I think I feel like this is what happened um kind of organically, where I was able to be like, I'm good now. Or that link would check in or those links would check in and Mm -hmm. say like such and such is going to be there. Yeah. I still want to invite you come if you want to (laughs) or don't come. And I respect it if you don't come. Right. Um, But I think they understood. I think they understood the reasoning and respected that. But even if they didn't, I didn't care. (laughs) Like That's not, that's not for them to bear and that's not for them to um and that's not for me to bear either is to like make them want to understand or anything like Mm -hmm. that 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 is not going to dictate my behavior yeah so yeah i put them links together quick linked it up okay i did too that's why i was like you ain't even got to text me now because i was like oh i got it okay yeah yeah linked it up linked it together linked it around okay so, but another another portion of this that I find to be interesting that I haven't had personal experience with myself is when it comes to marriage, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about my aunt, and one of my aunts is one of my, she literally is my best friend, and we're not blood related. She is related to me by marriage. Um, now, granted, her kids are my family, so we family. Like, she's right. been in my life my whole life. But one of the things that I've always been, um, that I always admire about her still maintaining this relationship with me, her knowing me since I was born, um, is that when it comes to family gatherings and family reunions and events, like, you know, my family is huge and we gather often, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, she does have those boundaries where it's just like, hey, I want to come to this because they my family. And I, you know, at this point, these are people that I've known for the past 40, 40, 50 years. And then on the other end, she understands like, hey, I can't attend this because I'm not 
that part of your family anymore. And so I appreciate just having bear witness to her navigating those waters because I always found it to be, of course, money. Like it's just like everything else in life mm-hmm. is just gray. It's hella gray. So that's interesting, especially when you decide to to, to join in marriage. But I will say, yes, I'm a very loyal person and I take pride in my loyalty um, Mm. when it comes to being a Cleveland fan, sometimes to a fault. (laughs) But I should say Cleveland sports fan. I was going to say Cleveland breeds loyal, hopefully breeds loyal people. No, they do. I, I tell people that all the time. If you ever meet a person from Cleveland, keep them around because they will be the most loyal person that you that you ever have in your entire life. Um, but shoot, where was I going with that? Oh, because I am loyal, I do feel for those for those couples that I know that you know like you know they bring their husband around or whatever and like yeah, we all become cool and we can hang out and I'm thinking of like some of my married friends I still recognize and acknowledge I know you because of my friend here. Right. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't know you. Um, But I may not consider you a friend either, though. So, like, I have a homegirl who was divorced, and I I wouldn't consider myself to have had, like, a friendship with her husband. But um, you're not going to catch me reaching out to him for nothing. Right. Not not for a single thing. <laughs> like, I don't know that man. <laughs> That's so funny. I have a friend like that too. Great, she's not divorced. She's she's broken up with her ex recently. And I've only known them I only known them as a couple for these past oh, it's been eight years. Mm. And they finally split they finally split up. And I was like, you know, I'm so glad I got you in a divorce. Like we wish him well, but I, you are what I got out of this, okay? Exactly. Keep you and I. <laughs> exactly and so, I think sometimes I it turns into that too because like say you say you do a double date with your co-workers or something and you have a co-worker that you know and that you're like cool with but then you get yeah. super close with his girlfriend right I'm right. A, like <laughs> if it don't work <laughs> out right we good over here <laughs> We are good. We're Gucci. So I don't know. It all that to say, it can be very different in each situation. Some people, I think you do have to cut off. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be super complicated either. Like we can I think <laughs> I remember this one time, this was years ago. I said this to you and I remember exactly what was going on too. I was like you just got to know how to be like, you just got to be a lady and you just got to know how to be in a room. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> I'll tell you because what later. That, that implies that I wasn't being a lady. No, no, no. It <laughs> no. What the hell happening? The, the point was like reinforcing like you're you're a lady at the end of the day. Like, and you're not going to let any of this sweat you. So you're not going to let this situation dictate like where you can and can't go. Um, we'll talk about it later. Whatever the case is, my point is, it's just like you 
we know how to be adults in the situation. So just be an adult. Like it doesn't have to be drama every time you see that person on site. Can it be awkward and uncomfortable? Absolutely. Then yeah, you know, if you're not ready, remove yourself from the atmosphere, remove yourself from the room, but you don't have to be in that room and be drama filled either. Facts. You know, I, I don't know if this is the situation that you're speaking about, but it reminds me of a situation that I was in and you were there um, <laughs> when I was living in Columbus. And actually it was my, the, the guy that I was dating at that time had gotten me together about this. We went out somewhere. It was and, all the same thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We went out somewhere and actually one of my exes, exes was there and he was a friend. Oh. Okay. Keep yes, and he was a friend of my, my, he was a friend of my ex. He was a friend of my ex's ex. And yes. so at that point, him and I were there as a couple and I didn't speak to this girl. She didn't speak to me. I didn't speak to her. And he was just like, what the hell? Like, this is my friend. He didn't know that I knew her. He was like, do you, why didn't you speak to her? And so then I had to break down what happened with my ex and that it was her ex. And he was just like, you know, at the end of the day, you can always still speak. And bringing that past into that present relationship just wasn't healthy at that time. And so it, it wasn't healthy at all. I actually led into a, a, a nice, a nice disagreement in the middle of Waffle House. <laughs> it was the, it was the same night, but different situation. Unrelated to the that wasn't a part of the plan. There was already a person there I wasn't already speaking to. So then it made two people there that I'm not talking to. So I'm walking around. And we were both trying to get on you like, just be cool, bruh. Just yes, be cool. It, just, it doesn't have to be all of that. And it was, um, I learned a valuable lesson from from that and that, you know, we can move forward. And it's funny now because me and now that that common ex that we have, in, me and that girl are cordial now. We speak, we run in similar circles. And I'm glad that, that ex- I learned from that experience. I'm glad that we both were able to learn from that experience because. Um, if we could get some, some, a couple more people on that wave of thinking. You know, it would it would it would be you are right. You You know but you know what my world is fine. That's that's but it would it would free you because actually it established a relationship with somebody that I didn't think that I would now granted we're not the best of friends, but it's still nice to know that when I see her, it's no issue, it's no bad blood. It's nice to see that we're able to grow and still honestly champion each other and whatever else that we're doing. I would have been missing out on that and it may not be a person that's in your everyday life but it's still nice to have other female champions like we're still mm-hmm. it's still nice to have that sisterhood just because we decided to date the same person we got we had good taste i guess or similar taste yeah but, similar to, no I'm kidding <laughs> nah y'all had good he's not, taste. He's not a bad guy he's not a bad guy so i just think that um yeah th- there have been lots of lots of situations where i'm just like nah i'm good but Thank God for growth. Thank, Thank God, God for growth. All right. Well, you were right. Um, and that's why we, we went about it this way. I think we can segue into our second topic because uh, we spent a healthy amount of time on this one. Um, but this idea of conflict, 
Um, and I think this goes well with what I've been saying in terms of how we handle situations. Um, but you wrote in the notes, addressing conflict versus approaching conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was attracted to that topic because... Make it attractive. because there is this and I think like my my initial mind uh went to my career my work life in terms of difficult conversations right yeah and crucial conversations because I um a conversation can be difficult, but it may not be as crucial as you're making it out to be. But um, a lot of times, especially in the workplace, they are crucial and necessary conversations to have. So there's no point um, or it does more harm when you avoid them. Right. Um, but every crucial or difficult conversation or this conflict does not have to be this attack mode or addressing it in such a way where it's just like, let me tell you something, you know what I mean? You can approach it in such a way of like acknowledging this is a difficult conversation to have. It's going to be a touchy subject. Um, And conflict dealing with conflict is not easy. Um, So I know when, (laughs) when we were texting about it, you mentioned that you couldn't quite remember like, where this came from, but if that jogged any of your memory, what are your thoughts on addressing versus approaching conflict? Um, and do you see a difference? I do. I do. Um, I, I, and I think that that's new for me to identify the difference, which is why I put it in there was difference between addressing and approaching. And I think that, um, Previously, I was used to taking the addressing conflict approach. And for me, it's just like, let me address it, let me get out of the way. But sometimes that has no, um, just because you address it doesn't mean that you you know what direction it's going towards. Like you have no final goal in mind. You're just like, let me just talk about it and get it off my chest, but not speak to a resolution with the resolution in mind. And then how I view approaching conflict is that you're methodical about it. You've thought about it so that you can carefully approach the necessary steps and um, that, that you need to take to have, to have the conversation and take into consideration the other person. I think that's the biggest piece because I think that when you're addressing conflict or when you have that approach, like I'm addressing this right now, it's, it's very me-centered. I need to get this off my chest. I need to talk about this right now. And when you approach it, you're taking both people's perspectives into consideration out the gate. And I think that that, in, in a turn, makes it a much easier conversation to have versus walking into a conversation on the defense. You got um, it. And so I um, thought that I, I really do think I know where this came from. I think it was in my personal life and addressing conversations with with friends and, and things of that nature. But I also like uh, we had a conversation earlier this week about me trying having a difficult conversation with my coworker. That's something that I've been trying to do a better <coughs> job at is really having the the confidence to lead and and to 
approach this 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 matter um, and knowing that there's a resolution at the end. We can reach a resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what, what jogged my memory. But I think it came from just some girls, some girl beef, some girls, mm-hmm. some cattiness going on. I was like, do you address it or do you do you find a softer way to approach it? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, um, so if we if we look at the definition of conflict, we are talking about competitive or opposing actions um, of incompatibles. So to me, at the end of the day, that means we could have a disagreement or we could have different um, difference in perspective. So my perspective is conflicting with yours, which is disabling us from um possibly reaching a common goal so if we know that project a is the common goal but how i'm addressing it or how i'm coming at it is not the same way that you're coming at it um those could be conflicting perspectives right so as opposed to going straight to because i think a lot of times when people address conflict it's about telling someone that they're wrong Right. As opposed to finding a solution to or acknowledging the difference in perspective and coming up with a solution to still help us be successful in achieving Project A. Right. <clears throat> and Project A could be anything. Project A could be a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Project A could be um, a girl's trip. <laughs> right. Project That's A it. could be a lot of things. Um, but I think we get so caught up and being right and feeling like someone because they're doing it in a different way and not doing it in a way that you would do it, then it's wrong. And we consider it a conflict. Right. As opposed to if we approach it, then we can have the conversation of, look, let me tell you what I was thinking. And that's probably where we messed up. You know, we didn't, you know, we didn't start out with the conversation of this is what I'm thinking about it. So we can all be on the same page, but Mm -hmm. it's inevitable. You're going to hit those bumps in the road. Um, But when you do, then I think it's important to approach conflict and have the conversation as difficult as it may be and say, look, I'm noticing that, you know, we're, we're, we've hit a roadblock here. Right. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Can you tell me? Because if you don't offer them an opportunity to engage and respond to that perspective, you're still addressing it in a way where it's about it's only about what you're seeing and how you're feeling. You got to give people an opportunity to respond to that, because if I tell you, oh, I was in here thinking that we were going with um, the sky being green and you're like, oh, this whole time I thought we were going with the sky being blue. Well, who knew? <laughs> so right. now we've been mad at each other and, and we didn't even know why. <laughs> we haven't right. even talked about why. Um, so I, I absolutely do think that there is um, a difference. Um, and when you address it in a particular way, it could lead to more conflict. You know, my mom always said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. But I think another important thing here is that um, I've kind of let go of the idea of right and wrong. I have my own ideas of what right and wrong are based on my morals and my values, but I'm not the person who ultimately holds that gavel to determine truly if it's Absolutely. right or wrong. We don't know. But um, I am 
I think I, 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 I've reached a point that I honor difference. And I think that when you can honor difference, I think that that creates a space to have that conflict, that natural conflict that we all will have no matter what, because we all come with such different things. We all bring such differences to the table. That's what diversity is. You know, there's a, a difference in mindset, a difference in background, a difference in whatever. We all have different walks of life, different ways that we unpack and travel this travel this planet. So I think that really understanding that they're all there, make room for difference. You have to make room for difference because if you don't, then that's when you find that conflict. And it doesn't have to be conflict. You just have to honor and respect the difference. And I was Um, just getting ready to say that because I think that's a lot of time why conflict is presented because we're so hard set on not honoring differences. And I think that's mm -hmm. important, an important conversation to have, especially amongst black people, because we are such a marginalized group. But we also have a tendency to marginalize others. Um, would you say? I said quickly. Quickly. And it's and it's unfortunate because we have some black people have a way of thinking like we all have to be this same form of black. Right. Um, and so I, I mentioned that just in terms of like this the difference in perspective because we're all going to have a different perspective we all have different experiences and i think when you don't honor that that's where conflict can come into play um because we're hard set on being just one way and that's not that's not the case and i that's a large part of what we talk about when we i I say it's an important conversation for uh, black people to have because we are so big on diversity equity and inclusion but inclusion is truly period about differences and accepting people for whatever their you know whatever differences that they bring to the table and that that includes your perspective um, right. but again I think that's what that's what creates a lot of conflict because we're just we're set on things being one way and each difference adds value in a unique way. Probably value that you're not able to see because you're so caught up in the right or the wrong that you can't see the value in the difference. Mm-hmm. Even if you decide to go with another approach, that doesn't mean that you still can't honor and take value from that contribution and use it at a later date. It may not be appropriate for now, but it could be adopted later. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we really miss out on a lot of jewels because we write it off as wrong and then we never revisit it thinking that it has no value. We understand what that feels like because we get dismissed in that same way as though we don't have any value just because we're different. And so um, another point that you had mentioned too before, and it was before this conversation, but I think that it, it falls in line with what we're talking about now is really understanding your non-negotiables even in these situations as well i think that you have to understand um we all come with something different like i said we all come with different realities i was telling my friend about that last night um bounded rationality if you're familiar with that term Mm -hmm. um and if those who are not you know as humans we're only we're bounded by the rationality that we have the capacity to have. I only know about the reality that I've experienced in the world. Courtney can only come from the context that she has based on her reality. We're bounded by that because we're only freaking human. We can't mm-hmm. be all of these different people. So I think that once you establish 
who you are, some of the things that you stand firm in and some of the things that aren't movable or shakable, not necessarily right or wrong, but just things that you don't necessarily want to agree to. I think that that would help those conversations flow too, because that way, a lot of times we reach conflict because we're resistant and we don't know whether to push, to pull, to stop. And I think you have to know where your, your, your stop signs are. And so when you meet that resistance, you'll know whether it's safe to move forward. But if you already have these non-negotiables and somebody's at your heart, no, you're able to keep them at that heart. No. And, and so, that's not yeah. to dismiss them of whatever they're doing. You just know what that boundary is for you because I can exactly. respect what you're doing, but I can also acknowledge that it's not for me. Right. And it doesn't have to be. Right. It's, it's true. So all of those things are, are, are very important when addressing conflict. I'm still working through it. I'm not the best at having difficult conversations, but I'm also learning that I'm not the best at having difficult conversations immediately. I'm not that person. I'm an internal processor. And sometimes that process can take a few weeks or a few months, depending on what I got going mm-hmm. on and what I need to handle based on what's a priority mm-hmm. to me. And so I think it's okay to even come back and revisit difficult conversations when when you can, because mm-hmm. not you, you won't necessarily reach a conclusion sometimes in that first conversation. Sometimes difficult conversations are ongoing yeah. and you have to put a pin in it and, and revisit it again. Yeah, they, and they can evolve. They can. And they a lot of times can. they should because you're going to change. And by having that conversation, that may change your perspective on something. Um, It was something that you said that I also thought was important too, is that, you know, you were saying that you're a processor. I think we also have to acknowledge and understand that, especially when having those conversations, um, a lot of times when you're ready to approach it or address it, it's on your time. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people have a tendency to go into it like, well, because I'm ready to have this conversation, they should be ready to respond in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, one, they may not be ready to even have the conversation at that time. And by ready, I mean, it may just be bad timing. They may not feel equipped to have that conversation because you've been sitting over here thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You've had the time to process it enough to say, OK, I'm ready to approach this conversation, whereas this is new news for them. Mm hmm potentially new news for them so I think that's also something that we have to be mindful of too is respecting people's space and their time too because just because you're not ready does not mean that they're ready so you can give them that but also give them time to you know you know if they feel that they're ready to respond in the moment then we can do that but if they say you know what I don't have the capacity to do and have this conversation right now and respond if you give me some time I'm happy to do that Yep. And you got to respect that. Yeah. That actually so. happened on a, a call today. I, my my colleague, she's very extroverted. She she rapid. She, she gets mm-hmm. rapid response. Mm-hmm. And um, she asked me something and it got quiet. It got quiet for a little bit of time. She's like, hello? Hello? And uh, my boss was on the phone too. It was a three-way call. And <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm processing. And I had to mm-hmm. giggle a little bit because I'm just like, she thought I hung up on her. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, sweetie, you just got to give me time to think through it because we we have this difference and we have to honor our differences. Like I honor that you're able to respond quickly. And I love that because like I said, people add value in their difference because in those moments that I need to process, she can directly connect with you if I'm not able to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and help me process along the way. And so 
I think that um, I think everybody and all of our differences, you know, I, I firmly believe we're all God's children and all of us have gifts. And I think that it's important just to honor those gifts and, and everybody, even when you reach those difficult, those difficult moments. Yeah. And then there's some conversations now I just don't think are worth having. There's some conflict that I just don't address. And I'm just like, I really just don't think that you have the capacity to meet me where I am. Um, We're just not going to do this. I'm not going to. And sometimes it's not even just that. But like, I I will never forget my first lady growing up. She was just like, you don't have to fight every battle. Like, like you, it's not worth it. And not, and not in the sense of, because I think this person is that way. Is that where you really want to be spending your energy? Right. For yourself, not for them, for yourself. And have you been reflective enough to to determine and be self-aware enough of like whatever role you may have contributed to this? And is this mm-hmm. really worth bringing up? Because have I contributed to this in some way to be like, oh, this is how we ended up here? Because I yeah. could have said something I could have said something two months ago. Right. But I chose not to. And then all of a sudden now I want to fight this battle. Right. <laughs> well, sis. And and that's not because that still goes back to the point of processing. So I get it. My point is, is like sometimes every battle isn't worth fighting for that reason, too, of just like, is this really where you want to put your energy? Is it really worth it? Like you you are going to be presented with issues all the time and that's not to say that you shouldn't address or approach something because again i'm a firm believer in closed mouths don't get fed but you do for the sake of your own energy you do have to know what's what is worth addressing and is there a way that you can course correct for yourself so that it doesn't happen again and you could be addressing it in that way just by setting the example like you know what I didn't say something at the start of this project and now we two months in. So maybe this isn't a battle that I want to fight, but on this next project, apparently Mm -hmm. I need to be more clear. So let me go ahead and lay out what I need in order to be successful in this. Yep. And I think think that is allowing yourself to be perfect. You know, that's something that I struggle with and knowing that I'm not striving for perfection. I, I just I won't ever attain it, and so I have to be open to being and, and changing and adapting as things grow and that's and as things change. And if I know that I need to I need to adapt or or adjust something, so I think that all of those things are important. Mm-hmm. All of those things are important. You just have to be cognizant. I think that when approaching conflict, it's just best to be as cognizant as you can and as respectful as you can. I always tell people like I may not be the um, nicest person. I don't pride myself on being nice. I pride myself on being kind and respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, never told you that I was nice. Never said that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so. um, okay. Well, you got anything else to add to that? We're getting we're getting close to our time. So one last thing. Yes. One of the things that's been helping me to start to have these conversations, I've been listening to Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in some type of content that can help you lead or direct these difficult conversations, 
Also, I just got approved on Libby today to start to read the book uh, or listen to the book Crucial Conversations. I was just going to recommend that. Yeah. But I've never read or listened to before. And one of our friends, Shanice from, um, was it My Coffee Combos? Mm-hmm. She she suggested that for me. And I was just like, you know what? It, it is. That, you're, going to, you're going to enjoy that, especially from um, a work perspective, because yeah. it really. Um, it really lays down some like basics and foundations of like it, it really is just because to me it really is just this simple of being respectful and mm-hmm. mindful of mm-hmm. what you say and how you approach things and, and recognizing that it's not just about you yeah I'm looking forward to it so it'll be good yeah I've I've um Got lots of experience with that book. And is that trainings. something that you have you used that or, or told your staff to read that? Okay. Oh yeah, that's a common. They have like a whole training system with it and everything. Like I would be surprised if you mentioned that to somebody and they weren't aware of what it was. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely common specifically for the workplace. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is the first time somebody brought that thing up to me, so we're gonna see. It'll be good. Um, okay. I think that's all I have to add to the, um, to that topic. So I think we can move on to our tips. You know, I'll be for you. Yep. It's our tips. Do you have a tip? Um, yep. <laughs> Sis is you, know like, you know what? Yes, I do. Absolutely have a tip. Okay. Um, my tip this week is going to go to my auntie, my godmother, um, on Monday, the day after Easter, um, Uh she was pleasantly surprised to find out that she got to ring the bell. She is done with her cancer treatments, um, with her chemo treatments. Um, and so I'm just super, super proud of her. She went, cause I was there when, um, they told her that she had cancer and her immediate reaction, her almost immediate reaction was like, all right, we're going to fight this. Guys got it. We're good. Um, so she's been super strong throughout the process. So my hundred percent, 125 percent tip goes to my auntie, um, my aunt Donna for just being such a woman of strength and faith during this journey. Man, let me throw some money on that tip too. Hey, man, that's dope. <laughs> she that appreciates is, it. Um, that is awesome. I'm so glad to hear that that fight is over. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I think my tip for the week. I really don't know who to give a tip to right now. I I I think I just want to give a tip to. All of the healthcare workers, all of the essential workers, all of the people who are non-essential, mm-hmm. who are still out working as essential workers, I want to send a tip out to everybody who is doing their part by trying to maintain their life, which should not be equivalent, <laughs> but doing their part and trying to keep the little bit of economy running that we have and, and risking their lives doing so. Like we see you, we thank you. Yeah. We love, we praying for you. Um, all those stuff, all those things. Cause that's just 
that's awful that people have to survive by risking their lives. And risking and the lives of their more. families. Yes. It risk not it risking lives of communities, families, um everybody. It's just it's sickening what's happening. But and it, it breaks my heart, but y'all the real ones. Y'all the real ones. And we we're gonna keep trying to fight for y'all and support y'all and, and even after this, you. because these are the people that are often taken for granted. Um, yes. And now, now we are giving them their flowers, which they absolutely deserve in this moment, but always. So I'm throwing money on that tip, too, because um, it's a privilege for me to be able to work from home, mm-hmm. um, to still be getting paid. Uh, not everybody is experiencing this. Not everybody can work from home. Not everybody, you know. These people are out here caring for us. I I know that's something that I make sure to do when whenever I go grocery shopping. Like I thank them for their service, just as if you know they were um, in the military. Like y'all are doing, <laughs> y'all are truly on the front lines here, and, and it's a tough place to too, be. I hope that this has not shined a light on the fact that they do this daily, like you said. They do this every single... This is people in normal jobs. Normal jobs. They didn't volunteer. They did not volunteer. So I just think that, you know, everybody just becomes a little bit more respectful, a little bit kinder. Um, One of the things that I've adopted into my language, which is funny when you're trying to adopt new languages, but I did it successfully, is that I always try to tell people, like, thank you, I I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I... I try to make sure that people know that they're appreciated. And so I, I, I'm still continuing to do that and trying to do my part. Just trying to do my part. Yep. So, yeah. I agree. Do you have any brunch or chefs or any brunch dishes that you recommend for anybody to cook right now? Anything? I know, right? Because we're not brunching, so... Going out to brunch, yeah, just at home. Um, I do have another chef to um shout out. Her name is Chef Sticks. Um, that's her chef name, but um, Brittany Williams. She is a uh, private chef, but you can follow her on Instagram as Sticks. That's S T I K X Z. Um, but she is another dope chef, another black woman chef. Um. So, yeah, follow her on Instagram. I'm looking at her pictures right now. Food looks delish. I actually see some cookies, so you might get some bacon tips out of there, Kiana. Ooh, nice. Pass it out. Um, so, yeah, go follow her. Oh. Do you have uh, a chef or brunch spot? I repeat am recommending chef. <laughs> His name is Rich. Spencer on his Instagram page and he can be found at risk W-R-I-S-T underscore Spence. He is a Cleveland chef. Um, first name Chris. <laughs> Chris is a phenomenal chef. Follow him on Instagram, y'all. He gives daily guidance into what into the meals that he makes. He is a chef for an NBA player at the moment. So he just guides you through some of those daily meals that he's preparing and y'all they look phenomenal every single trip. Um he's friends with my cousin Kumar who I mentioned in our last episode as a chef and they did a um 
like a brunch event together a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you his food was so fire, it make no sense. Like it's, it's it's ridiculous, and he makes the food art too. And I love when food can become art as well, not only edible but also art. And he he specializes in that. So if you're interested in learning more from him, seeing more of his work, trying to sample more of his food, go follow him. All right. Well, um, that's all we got. We're uh, Kiana's going to give. <laughs> Y'all, I have to tell people this. Kiana is greasing this scout. Nah, I'm not mad. No, I'm not. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not mad. <laughs> um, Kiana's going to hit y'all with the social media real quick. Yes, yeah, so if you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at bitches, double underscore love, double underscore brunch. We have a Facebook group called Bitches Love, love Brunch. I was going to say love, but love, but y'all might spell that wrong. L-O-B-E. And if you are listening to us on your podcast streaming platforms, be sure to like, rate, review, share, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. And we can be found on Spotify, Apple iTunes, um, what Google Play. What else is out there? Autumn Joints. Autumn Joints. SoundCloud. All of it. Yeah, so if you're an iPhone user, Android user, we don't discriminate on the show. So, <laughs> right. So, so listen, listen up, tell your friends we're excited. And also, if you guys didn't, I was catch just our about to say that Facebook Live, not Facebook Live, our Instagram I do not. Live, we live on Instagram. It was actually on both. Actually, well, I don't know what you did because I didn't do it. Never mind. But yeah, shout out to y'all that joined the the live. <laughs> Do you do both at the same time? Yeah. I mean, they're the same company. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, join us next time, y'all. It was fun. Thank you for your question. If you have questions for us, drop them in the DMs, drop them on the comments, um, and then join us on live on a Friday coming up near you. To you. Is it Friday or Saturday? What day we did we do We did that? Saturday last time. Girl, all these days are running together. We need to... Okay, y'all, we about to go because we need to quickly talk about that before I get on my next happy hour. All right, y'all. Great episode. (laughs) Thanks.